Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, I sit down with visionary humans and ask them the one question that you probably want to know the answer to. How did they create, launch, and scale up the business of their dreams? My name is Kelsey Rydell, and I am the founder of Visionary Life and The Visionary Method. The intention behind all of our content is simple, and that is to plug you into the people, inspiration, and information that will help you create your own most visionary life. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. This show is going to help you consciously create a life you love on your own terms. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Today on the show, I am chatting with Abigail Hopkins, co-founder of That Clean Life, an online meal planning platform that helps you create nutritious and delicious meal plans. You will love this episode with Abigail. It truly is a story about turning your passion into a lifelong project. And in Abigail's case, it all started when her nursing friends would gawk over how organized and prepared she was when it came to eating healthy or eating clean across a 12-hour nursing night shift. Something she did to stay healthy and feel her best began to create chatter and curiosity amongst her peers, and soon enough, she decided to start recording her meal plan and meal prep tips so that she could create ebooks for those asking. So I'm going to share more about Abigail and how this passion for meal prepping and eating well turned into a full-fledged business with a team and having a co-founder who is her husband. But first, I thought we would get into some updates. So I am recording this on Monday morning. It is Easter Monday. Some of you might have a holiday today. I think teachers and Some government jobs would, but Dave and I are both back at work today after a really great Easter weekend, and we both headed home. Our family are in Kitchener and Waterloo, so about an hour from where we live here in Toronto, and we spent, I think, three full nights at home, so we usually stay at my parents' place, and it's always a whirlwind. We got to see tons of family and tons of friends And it's always great to catch up with everyone, but it's also, you know, a bit of a challenge to have to go back to living with your parents under their roof and under their lifestyle once again. I'm sure some of you can relate. And uh, one thing I really wanted to share just about the notion of going home or traveling or whatever you may have been up to this weekend that threw you off course, we'll say, because a lot of people are probably feeling like... They need to push the reset button today. It's the start of a new week. It maybe ate too much or drank too much or just got caught up in some patterns that didn't exactly serve you the best. But as I have chatted about quite a bit um, in the past few months is really understanding what puts you into peak state or your optimal state and really consciously trying to do more of that. And this is something we covered quite in depth in the Visionary Life Retreat that happened last weekend. And we really focused on what are the things that take you out of your head and really just have you living in the present and feeling like 
There's no time to worry about all your troubles and all your fears because you're in motion or you're in action and you're doing something that almost gives you this out-of-body experience. And a few of the things that I've definitely identified have been, number one, some form of movement or exercise. Number two, some form of mindset work, so usually in the form of a podcast or reading a book. And number three is getting out in nature. And so I find that there's this amazing trifecta that happens for me when I do all three of those things in the first hour or hour and a half of my day. Okay, so I wake up around 5.30 or 6 a.m. I immediately get my movement in, whether it's meeting a friend for a run, whether it's going to F45, which is just the current gym routine that's working for me. So getting my movement in and making it on autopilot, I've planned it the night before. Number two, having some form of mindset work. So maybe I listen to a podcast on the way to the gym or during my run, or maybe I do my workout and then I come back and as I'm going out into nature, which is the third piece, I pop in a podcast. So I'm walking Abby, listening to some mindset work or something that inspires me or motivates me. And then I'm also out in nature getting my dose of Mama Earth, which is very, very important to me. I don't want to be inside all day. I really know that that's not how I thrive. So anyways, those three things have really, now that I've identified them, been the game changer for me. So if I'm having a bad day, it's usually because I missed out on one of those. So try to get them done in the morning so I can have the best day ever. But anyways, back to Easter weekend, knowing that I can often fall off course and just feel lethargic after a weekend at home. My mom loves to cook, and I think that the way she shows her love is truly through serving food and putting food on the table. So there's always lots to eat, and um, we're usually having a few glasses of red wine and not being so productive like I'm used to. Um, So what I did was make sure that I had those three key pillars of what I know makes me happy. So every day I did some form of workout, whether that was walking around the neighborhood or just popping into their basement and doing um, a quick 15-minute hit workout. Uh, I kept my podcast going. I tried to listen to as much as possible. Um, Luckily, my mom likes to watch the Oprah Winfrey channel, the OWN Network. And they play replays of Oprah. And man, these episodes are so good. Oprah was so ahead of her time. She talks about spirituality and um, what it means to take care of yourself. And all these topics that are so trendy right now. She was hitting on them 15 years ago. So I considered that a little bit of my mindset work. And tons of nature while I was home too. We took uh, our dog Abby over to a local golf course and got her running around even though we weren't supposed to. (laughs) I'm sure they don't love her running on the greens. But the point is, it's 100% necessary for me to keep these things in my day, every day, no matter where I am in the world. So even when I'm traveling, you will see me bringing my running shoes and getting up and popping in a podcast because that's what I want to be doing. I don't want to break the chain. And If anyone knows Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld is one of the best comedians, best comedy writers, because his philosophy was never break the chain, never break the chain. So get yourself a big paper wall calendar. And if you're trying to be 
become really good at something. If you're trying to be um, an athlete or you're trying to be a runner, but you're not tracking your runs, for example, then you're more likely to skip and then not progress as quickly as you want. So Jerry Seinfeld's method is, for him, it was to write some comedy every single day and to never, ever, ever miss a day, okay? And that's his, um, that's his motto towards being one of the best comedy writers in the world. And so for me, showing up as the best version of myself and being the person I want to be for my business and for my clients and showing up on coaching calls and being wholeheartedly there, I need to not break the chain on my movement, mindset, and nature. So if you have my word, um, if you haven't heard of the Jerry Seinfeld method, Google it. It works. I remember doing this when I was picking up going to the gym back in university. I printed out paper calendars and I always, always, always crossed off the days when I went to the gym. And it really inspired me to keep on going and to just do some form of movement or physical activity every day when I was trying to make it a habit. Okay, shifting gears a little bit, uh, I did want to mention last week's episode, we had some trouble. Looks like the file wasn't downloading for most people, so I have re-uploaded it so you can go back and listen to the episode that is recapping the Visionary Life Retreat. So, so sorry about that for those of you who weren't able to access it. And one more update, I did simplify, once again, my website. So what I love that I learned uh, about a year ago is that websites don't need to steer you in a billion different directions. And I used to have all these tabs along the top of my website with all these drop-down menus, and now I'm quite the opposite, where I'm just looking to get rid of most tabs. And so I've again simplified my website And now, uh, instead of offering two tabs, one that said private coaching, one that said the Visionary Method group coaching, now I've simplified it that you click one button if you're interested in business coaching with me, and then you can choose your path, okay? After reading about what the difference between private and group is, then you can figure out how you want to work together. So that's a little update. If you head to KelseyRattle.com, you will see that, and uh, if you've never considered working together, then maybe go check out whether a business coach is right for you. So perhaps you want to bring your idea to life, maybe you're just craving to live life on your own terms with more freedom, and entrepreneurship can provide that for you, or you want to make a bigger impact with your time, build an extra income stream that utilizes your strengths and skills, Maybe you want to stop throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Like you're doing 5 million different things like I used to do and all of them were kind of working, but you didn't have a scale up plan, right? Um, Maybe you're still in the launching phase and you need support in this business launch and in finding additional revenue and how you can feel unapologetic about making more sales and asking for sales. So If that's for you, again, head to KelseyRiedel.com, reach out, we can book a quick call together to see if I can help you. All right, on to Abigail and That Clean Life. So as I mentioned, That Clean Life is an online meal planning platform that helps you create nutritious and delicious meal plans for yourself or for your clients. 
Since launching in January 2015, That Clean Life has helped tens of thousands of people from all over the world feel awesome about the food they are putting in their bodies. Whether you are an individual meal planning for yourself, a parent meal planning for your family, or a wellness professional building meal plans for your clients and community, That Clean Life gives you the tools to make it happen. This is a story of passion, hustle, scaling, and now looking to simplify a little bit as Abigail prepares to welcome a baby into the world soon. And we'll be ready to navigate the ins and outs of motherhood alongside growing the business with her husband and their team. So in this episode, we talk about what it's like launching a business with your significant other. We talk about scaling an idea to managing a team. How do you figure it all out when you don't have business experience? Abigail shares what keeps her inspired to keep that clean life on the growth trajectory. We cover why it's okay to pivot careers in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or any time. We also share that what to do if you love your job, but also want to have a side hustle. And in Abigail's case, she really did love nursing. All right. So please share this episode. If you are listening right now, if you could just grab your phone, take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your Instagram stories. I can only keep doing these podcasts if you are able to share it forward and let more people know about the Visionary Life podcast. I love the community that this podcast is creating. If you're listening, please tell me you listen because I never know who's out there. I can't see exactly who downloads. I only know numbers. So I would love to put a face to a name. Please connect with me. I'm so grateful to have met some of the podcast listeners Last weekend at the retreat, I plan to do lots more events that will bring us all together and I don't want you to miss out. So let me know that you're listening, share it on social media, review on iTunes if you feel so inclined and I will talk to you in a bit. Okay, so Abigail, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. Super excited to have you here. We've known each other kind of in and out for like five or six years now. Yeah, and I think it's been more than five years. Just can't believe how quickly time has passed, I but know. it's really exciting to reconnect with you. And I've been following along the journey of you launching that clean life ever since it first began. And I've been really excited to share this story with the audience. So thanks for being here. Cool. Thanks for having me. So I always start the show with rapid fire questions just so that the audience can get to know you. So just answer the first thing that comes to mind. So number one, where did you grow up? Listowel, Ontario, population 5,000. Oh, would you ever move back there? Yes, in a heartbeat, but Aww. my husband won't, so. Okay, <laughs> you couldn't drag him there, yeah. right? Is he, he more of a city guy? Yeah, he doesn't yeah. see the small town charm like oh. I do. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I really want to move to like the middle of nowhere and Dave's like, well, would we just be on our own, like without friends? I'm like, yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what is one thing you do every single day that's non-negotiable? Oh. Huh. That's a good one. It could be like a boring thing or it could be something that you're like, I feel my best when I do this. You know what? This, it's probably having a cup of coffee. Mm. Like, that's a, that's a non-negotiable for me. I can't live without that. You're not the first person to give that yeah. answer, and I totally agree. I'm the same way. Yeah, because I get a headache if I don't have it. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what your first job was? 
scooping ice cream mm. um, at a convenience store near my cottage, actually. That's a really good job, actually. Yeah. I feel like I wish I could do that today. I know, me too. <laughs> so much happiness. <laughs> Who do you know that gives really great advice? Oh, my husband, for sure. Christopher, mm. who's also my co-founder. Mm -hmm. yeah, I call I him my spiritual guru. Oh. He just always knows what to say. Love that. It's nice to have that in a husband. Yeah. Um, what's the best part of owning a business? Probably the freedom. The freedom to choose mm -hmm. what I work on, where I work, mm -hmm. when I work, all that good stuff. And because that clean life is all centered around food, I want to know what's your favorite breakfast? Right now, I'm really into muffins in the morning, muffins mm -hmm. and jam. Oh um, man, yum. <laughs> I'm, like I told you before we went live here, I'm seven months pregnant right now. So yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my jam right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you getting all sorts of weird cravings or are you kind of staying routine with the meals that you used to eat? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have cravings. I, the things that I cr crave are the same things that I craved before I was mm -hmm. pregnant. So. Nothing new there. Awesome. Okay, so let's zoom back to what you were up to in the few years leading up to the birth of That Clean Life. So I know when I met you, I don't even think That Clean Life existed. Yeah, Maybe it was it up in your head and in yeah. your brain. But um, first, let's start with what did you go to school for? And then when did that lead you into your first job and what was it? Yeah, so right out of high school, I actually went to um, University of Guelph for biomedical sciences. I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian at the time. Um, I got to Guelph. I failed a ton of classes my first semester. I was the worst student. I had no idea like what I was getting into. I was taking things like, I think my first semester I took like chemistry, biology, physics, um, calculus, and like an elective. And I just did so poorly and I was like, this is not the path for me. But I actually stuck it out for a few years at Guelph, um, thinking, you know, like trying to make it fit. Um, which I kind of regret in hindsight, putting in those years. I wish I would have moved on and trusted mm -hmm. that. But, you know, after three years, I finally realized that this wasn't the path for me. It was like speaking a different language. So I decided that I really wanted to walk into a job where I could make a difference every day. Um, so I transferred to Ryerson and I started the nursing program there and I did it over the course of four years. Um, and I really excelled in that. So once I kind of found my passion um, in health, like speaking a language that made a lot more sense to me, um, I did a lot better. So um, I did four years at Ryerson, graduated as a registered nurse, and started right away um, at the Hospital for Sick Children here in Toronto. Mm. I think it's so, it's so great to hear that you made that pivot, like obviously starting off in biomedical sciences at Guelph and then you recognized obviously at a, a younger age, like, okay, you know what, this isn't for me and went to do nursing. But I know so many people nowadays, whether they're in their 20s, 30s, even 40s, they need to hear stories like that just as a reminder that it's okay to pivot. Like mm -hmm. you are not stuck. If you're not happy, whether it's in your degree or diploma or in your job or in the city that you live in, it's never a bad thing to say, you know what, this isn't my path. How can I make a change? And I just think that it's always a great reminder for people to hear that, that it's never too late to make a change. Obviously for you, it was in your university, so a little younger, but it is really nice to hear that. Um, so when you were working at SickKids as your first job, 
did you love it? Were you always thinking about launching a side hustle or were you really invested in, in doing the nursing thing full time forever? I loved my job as a nurse. I really did. I, I really feel like that was my calling. Like if there was any career I'd even go back to at this point, that's, mm. I would go back to that career. I was really sad to leave it when I had to make that decision to go full time with that clean life. But I love my work there. I loved like the team environment. Mm -hmm. I love that I learned every day. Like every day was different. You'd have different patients. You'd have mm -hmm. different situations crop up. I worked in general peds, so I got to see a little bit of everything before they went off to their area of specialty, whether they went to neurology or um, oncology. I got to learn a lot. So that was really cool. And I don't regret doing nursing for a second because mm -hmm. it taught me a lot about professionalism, which I feel is something lacking now that I'm out, you know, doing hiring and stuff like that for that clean life. Um, I really appreciate everything that I learned in those mm -hmm. four years of school and in my five years of full-time mm -hmm. registered nursing. Yeah. And I think it's so important too, and especially as a business owner to understand like what learning experiences did I gather from my first and second career path that I can tie into what I'm doing now. Like it's never a waste of time to be doing what you're doing and you should never regret those experiences because you probably learned so much from nursing that you now apply to your business. For so sure. never a waste of time. And I'm sure there's a lot of parallels like with nursing, you say every day was unique and now being a business owner, you probably experience the same thing that no two days are alike. So exactly. I'm sure that's a common thread that you wanted to obviously make sure you had in a career path. Yeah. And in that time, did you dream about being a business owner? Was there anything that was like calling you to start your own thing? Never, not no. at the beginning, no. Yeah. Um, like I've always been more of the creative type, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure like nursing was like my long-term plan because yep. I always felt I was a bit different from the other nurses in the sense that I really love to write and create and stuff like that. I really have always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but I never had an idea. To, mm. make, to turn into a business. So for my first few years at nursing, um, you know, like having a side hustle or doing anything else wasn't really on my radar. It wasn't until things started to kind of organically unfold with the whole meal planning thing mm -hmm. that it kind of um, turned into a business very naturally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about that first. So um, what's the backstory on how the idea for that clean life actually came to be? Obviously, it started with the meal planning that you were just doing naturally. So maybe walk us through that time in your life. Yeah. So when I started um, as a registered nurse, um, the way it worked where I was is you had to work so many days and so many nights, 12-hour shifts. So you either work 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. or 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. And it was so hard on my body. Um, and everybody was really struggling because everybody was kind of new grads and mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. Um, so I really kind of mastered the art of eating well and nourishing my body for long shifts. And other people at work started to notice and they would, every day I'd open my lunch and they'd be like, oh, what are you eating today? And everybody was so interested in how I was kind of staying on track mm -hmm. with, my, with my health and fitness on top of shift work. So the one day um, I decided to start a blog um, I, my husband's a software developer, so I got him to create me something just, I think it was on Tumblr, it was super simple, mm -hmm. and I started to share recipes, and it, when people asked me what I was eating for lunch, I'd be like, oh, check out my blog. And the one day, one of the, my colleagues said to me, she's like, hey, the, your recipes are great, but like, I want to know what you eat for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, I need a whole plan to follow. And I was like, yeah, I can like kind of write it down for you. So I was telling my husband, he's like, oh, I can help you. Like 
Chris, my husband, who's my co-founder in that clean life, doesn't do anything kind of like half. He goes all in. So he's like, if I'm going to help you like create this as a PDF, like it's going to be beautiful because mm -hmm. he's got like the design eye. So we, I wrote out the meal plan, all the recipes, and an itemized grocery list to go with it. Chris turned it into a PDF, and I ran it as just a free challenge with my friends. Um, and that, so that was January 2014, mm -hmm. and that went so well. People were like, I want another meal plan. Like, what do I do from here? Like, I've worked through these seven days. Like, give me more. So I was like, all right, well, if I keep doing this, I'm going to charge money for it. So I just kept putting together my weekly meal plans. And I did that for six months. And over the first six months, I think we sold $12,000 worth of eBooks. Wow. Because it just kept growing month to month. People kept coming back for the next meal plan. They told their friends about how great this was and it just kind of went viral. So after those kind of six months, we're like, I would love to turn this into something where people can come on and build their own meal plans and have access to all these recipes as opposed to them being spread out across like a bunch of different PDFs every month. So that's when we built the platform, which is what people know today, that clean life. Mm, so cool. What an awesome journey. And first of all, I love that you didn't build this to monetize it. Like you said, you just ran a free challenge with your friends and you were just legitimately sharing what you were doing and what you were good at yeah. and standing in your strengths, not even really realizing the business opportunity behind it, but saying, yeah, you know what? Like, let's build some community around this thing and hey, look where it led today. Yeah. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they're sitting at home wondering like, what can I sell, what can I sell, what can I sell? But it's more like, what can you do to craft a little community around something that you love to talk about? Yes. And if there's proof of concept, like people wanna buy your $10 ebook, then you should build that bigger program, but like build something small first and see if people are interested. Exactly. Without like those dollar signs in your eyes of like, okay, well, what can I sell? Because yeah. that's just, it's not usually the way that businesses are born. For so. sure. You have to take some time to validate that idea. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I did this on purpose. We totally validated the idea of course. by accident. But looking back, like in the tech world, they call it the MVP, the minimal viable product. Mm -hmm. And looking back, the PDF, like a simple $9 PDF was a minimal viable product. We didn't launch right into building a technology platform. First, we validated the idea through a PDF, which was super easy to make. Um, and then we went to the technology platform. Um, and, you know, it would have been crazy if we would have built the platform right off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, we would have had no idea, like, what people wanted and have tested everything. So mm -hmm. it really, like I said, it, it didn't happen on purpose. Like, that wasn't thought out. But in hindsight, I'm like, I'm glad that it went like that. Yeah, absolutely. So for someone listening who is feeling very inspired by this journey that you're on and you making this transition, but they're still like, what is that clean life? Could you explain, like give us yeah. the elevator pitch? What is it? Yeah, okay, good question. So That Clean Life is a meal planning platform. Um, you can come on, you can drag recipes onto your meal plan. Based on what you add to your meal plan, your grocery list will be automatically generated. You can go out to the store, do your grocery shopping, and follow your meal plan with really healthy, delicious recipes. Um, so that was our focus during the first year was really focusing on getting individuals meal planning for themselves and their family But over that first year we had a lot of nutrition professionals coming to us like registered dietitians and naturopaths um, And nutritionists and p even personal trainers being like how do I use this with my clients to put them on meal plans? And we were like, oh, well, we had never thought of that. So that's when we launched that clean life for business 
um, which is a platform designed for nutrition professionals who are building meal plans for their clients. So we kind of have two different, they're, they're similar platforms, but designed for different purposes. Mm. So that's kind of the gist of the, the platform. Amazing. And of course, I'll have everything plugged in the show notes so that people can go check it out for themselves. Um, so let's zoom back a bit. So you're working at SickKids as a nurse. You're building this platform with your husband. Did you just like quit your job and say like, all right, it's time to go full time with that clean life? Like, how did that like year or months in your life look? And did you reduce your work hours to pour into that clean life? Or did you just quit cold turkey and go full time with your biz? Yeah, I like that question because I minimized risk a lot. I did it very slowly. So during our first year when we were doing PDF eBooks, I worked full time. So this was very much something I did on the side on my days off. Um, and so did Chris. Chris worked full time, um, actually right up until about a year or two ago. Um, so then when we launched the actual platform, I realized like customers were gonna need more support with that. And I dropped to part time at my job as a nurse. Um, and from there I dropped to casual as things got busier. And once I was casual and things were way too busy to kind of manage both, um, I, I quit altogether. So it was very, like it was a slow process that I think happened over 14, probably like two or three years. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to go cold turkey. I still wanted that um, kind of comfort of having, mm -hmm. it, was, it was really hard for me to let go of my career as a nurse. That was my identity. And I, like I said, I loved my job. Mm -hmm. um, and this was just something that kind of happened and was kind of unfolding very naturally. So I had to make a decision. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I did it. I did it slowly, step by step, and I'm I'm grateful that I did that, as I could still have an income, because I wasn't able to pay myself from the company for the first few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like that concept too of minimizing risk. Like, don't put yourself in financial strain as you're starting a business if you don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. If you can afford to continue pouring hours into your job or go part time then at least you don't have that desperation of like, I have to make this work and I only have a finite amount of time. Obviously for some people it looks a little different, but I've always been of the philosophy, like don't put yourself in that, under that pressure. For so. Sure. Um, so you've mentioned your husband, Chris, a bunch of times. So obviously you're in a partnership with mm -hmm. him and um, you guys work on that clean life together. So. How is it working with your husband? How has that journey been? It's really good, actually. Like, we've, we've had a lot of fun. Um, it's gone really well. I think it, like, blows people's minds a lot. I get, like, a lot of fun reactions, like, oh, my gosh, you guys work together, you live together. And it, for us, it just works. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't say much more than that. It just works for us. We work really well together, and mm -hmm. we've built something really great together, which has been a lot of fun. Do you feel that you have very similar skill sets or a lot of um, partnerships? It's usually like one person's the creative, one person's more like the integrator. How do you feel about that? Yeah, we're complete opposites. Mm. So Chris is like super patient and is all about playing the long game, whereas I'm super impatient. I'm not detailed oriented like him. I just like to get things done. So that's why I feel like it works so well to mm. balance each other out. If he was in charge of things, like things would take years to get done because he wants everything to be perfect. Whereas if I was in charge of things, uh, there'd be things out there that were horrible because like they were just slapped together, right? Yeah. So we're able to meet in the middle and kind of balance each other out that way so we can keep things moving forward um, in a timely way, but also in a way that's beautifully designed, which is 
really worked for us and the success of that clean life. Mm -hmm. And for anyone listening who is currently in business with their significant other, do you have any advice for staying sane or maintaining a good balance between your work and personal life? Just anything that comes to mind. Travel. That has, that has been a great thing for us is like taking off just for a week. Um, mm -hmm. Even if we're going to work somewhere else, even if we still have a ton of work to do, just to change up the scenery. Um, because it's when we're in the house for too long because we work from home um, that we start to go a little loopy. We start to feel a bit sad. Um, winter is really hard here in Toronto. So mm -hmm. I think like having little trips here and there throughout the year that just allows you to change up the scenery and explore somewhere new together has been really helpful for us. Very good tip. Yeah. So let's shift gears a little bit into kind of just some business tips and how you came up with your branding and things like that. So first of all, I ask every guest, did you ever sit down and write a formal business plan or did this all just kind of unfold as it should? Never. I have never written a business plan in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I still watch Dragon's Den and Shark Tank sometimes and they're like, know your numbers. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm five years into this and I still don't even know these numbers. I have no idea. Can't be good at everything. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I Planning is guessing, in my opinion. Like, mm -hmm. I had no idea how this would go. Like, I had no idea that ebooks would turn into a platform. If I were to create a business plan, you know, you're guessing at numbers. Um, it just, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. So I've never, I've never done a business plan. Yeah, and you're right. Like, I, I don't think you have to do it. Sometimes you just need to follow the next logical step, and that only unfolds once you take the first step. So writing a plan can be a complete guess. Sometimes people need it to get their ideas out, so it's really going to be a personal choice. Yeah, I think it can be helpful like as a foundation, but be ready to kind change of it. be flexible with that plan for sure, because things change for us on a day-to-day -day basis. Even we try to map out what we're working on for the next six weeks, and it changes in a day. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you have to always be aware as an entrepreneur, like tune into what your audience is saying, tune into what the market wants, and if you're not ready to pivot, then you're gonna fail, yeah, so. exactly. Um, your brand is really beautifully designed. I love the logo and everything is just clean and fresh, and especially the platform itself is just easy to navigate. So how did that whole branding come to be? Was it your husband that designed it? Uh, did you ask for outside support from graphic designers? Walk us through that. Yeah, so Chris has designed the whole thing. Um, we've never consulted an outside designer. He really loves design work, which we're lucky for. So he's able to, we call him a full stack developer. So he's able to design and code. Um, so he's kind of got like the full list of skills there. Um, sometimes I'm bugging him. I'm like, you need more support because he is doing everything. But TBD, mm -hmm. if, if he'll ever if he'll ever seek help with that. Likes having but, that control over But yeah, it. <laughs> he's done a beautiful job and we get that feedback all the time. Mm -hmm. And he takes his time with it and that's why it's so good. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so I guess for anyone listening, a tip there would be find yourself a full service developer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, so in terms of marketing, we always think about customer pain points and how as a business owner or as a business you can solve them. So what problems does that clean life solve? for yeah. people and business owners. So right now we're really focused on that clean life for business. That's kind of where all of our marketing efforts are going. And the problem we're trying to solve there is that nutritionists don't develop meal plans for their clients because it takes them way too much time. They have to find mm -hmm. like the great recipes. They have to scale all the recipes up or down. They have to develop the grocery list for that meal plan. Um, they have to format it. And like formatting like is such a headache. So we're trying to solve all those things. We're trying to be like, 
a nutritionist all-in-one recipe developer, photographer, graphic designer, um, just so that they can create really beautiful resources for their clients without having to spend a ton of time on it. Mm, so good. And as a nutritionist myself, when I used to practice, I could have used this service because you're right. Like I would sit at my laptop for hours for one client creating a week's meal plan all to have them say, oh, I actually don't like X food yeah. or this, and you'd have to rejig everything. So I just love that you found a solution to that. Yeah. It's genius. What do you feel is like the greatest way that you can spend your marketing dollars? I know at one point I saw you guys doing Facebook ads. Is it email marketing? Is it social media? Like, what do you think is working right now? Um, content has always worked really well for us. We've invested a lot into content. Um, we release a new blog post for our nutrition professional community every week, and we re release a new blog post for our standard, what we call our standard community, which is just individuals every week mm -hmm. too. So investing in really great quality blog content has helped because um, it's, it's a long-term game because it's taken a while for that to rise in the ranks of Google, mm -hmm. but like now if you Google banana ice cream, like that clean life is the first thing to pop That's up. Awesome. Or if you Google like meal planning assessment, we pop up. Yeah. So that has been like a long-term play that's really worked out for us. And then also, as you mentioned, Facebook ads are somewhere we invest um, quite, a, quite a few dollars in. Mm -hmm. um, I run those myself. I'm kind of trying to teach myself before I delegate it to somebody else just so I understand it. I still don't understand it. Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm kind of trying to figure it out. But I really like Facebook ads because they allow you to really target and retarget. Like we can retarget people who have landed on the site and not mm -hmm. converted and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I know Facebook ads can be such a beast of a platform oh, to navigate. It's and so hard. It's challenging. And I know sometimes you need to spend quite a, a decent amount of money to see the return. So yeah, it's one thing that when people in the early days are like, yeah, I created this program. I'm just going to pour all my money into Facebook ads. I'm like, maybe host a free workshop in your city first yes. before you try to speak to strangers yeah, we, and then go full tilt. We didn't start investing in Facebook ads till about like three or four years in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there any other marketing efforts besides content and Facebook ads that you feel is really essential for any business owner to spend time on? Um, one thing that's worked really well for us um, more recently over the last two years is our partners program. Oh, cool. We call it partners program. A lot of people call it an affiliate program. Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically working with influencers, um, mostly nutri nutrition influencers who are kind of influential in the nutrition business building space to refer that clean life to their community of nutrition professionals. Mm -hmm. And really having those nodes of influencers has really helped um, spread the word about that clean life. Um, mm -hmm. And we're able to give back to them as well, which is nice. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important just lesson for anyone in business to create partnerships. Mm -hmm. And you're not in this alone. Like you need to establish those strong members of your community or affiliates that will speak on your behalf because you can't be talking about it till you're blue in the face yeah. forever. You need people who are also acting as uh, partners to you and part of your community. But I want to add in, in the early days, um, social media was where we built that clean life for mm -hmm. free from the ground up. 
So like, I know I'm talking about Facebook ads, which you need money for, and a partners program, which you need money to build like the technology for that. Mm -hmm. But if you're just getting started out, just focus on building your social media. For us, it's been Instagram and Facebook. Those are the two biggest yeah. platforms that have allowed us to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and a private Facebook group. All of those things are free, and you can do those mm -hmm. right in the early days. Get started building your, your community on social right away. Mm -hmm. So, so important. And as much as people, I think, sometimes resent social media, it has also, for me, been the single biggest tool in getting clients. And it just allows people to really learn about you on their own time and to it's it's like a website on social it's just it's incredible what you're able to do for free and how you're able to share your business with anyone at any time yeah. uh, let's dig into a little bit of what a day in the life uh, looks like for you mm -hmm. right now so I'm sure every day changes mm -hmm. being a business owner but walk us through how you spend a typical weekday these days it <laughs> kind of embarrassing it's not like very glamorous mm -hmm. um, I work from home so right now I'm finding what works for me is to just get up and start working and mm -hmm. I know that's like not suggested in a lot of cases a mm -hmm. lot of people are like don't look at your phone first thing in the morning you know then you're going to a reactive state but for me the morning is when I get that my best work done. Mm -hmm. So I really take advantage of that. I'm an early riser, so I'm usually at my computer by 7 a.m. at the latest. Mm -hmm. I like to clean out my inbox, get through all the emails. Um, we sync up as a team every morning, every weekday morning, Monday to Friday. So we all kind of let each other know what we're working on, what we did yesterday, are there any roadblocks for today? Um, so that's how my mornings usually start. By mid-morning, like my brain starts probably about three hours of good work I have in me in the morning. By about 10 a.m., I start to shut down. I've started to go to the gym around like 10, 10.30, mm -hmm. um, get my workout in, get my blood flowing again, and come home, eat lunch, get back to work for the mm -hmm. afternoon. Um, and I try not to schedule too many meetings for the mornings just because I know that's when I work my best. Mm -hmm. um, I try to keep meetings to the afternoon around like two, and I've learned over the years to try to keep meetings to a minimum because mm -hmm. in the entrepreneur world, it's really easy to get sucked into having like a lot of meaningless meetings um, and they can be a complete waste of time. Mm -hmm. So I try to minimize meetings. If I do have those, keep them in the afternoon because that's kind of, you know, those aren't my magical working hours. So it's a good time to kind of mm -hmm. have other things on the go. Um, I try to close my laptop at 5 p.m. Um, that's my kind of shutdown time. I'm working on that, <laughs> you know, to kind of have that routine that more of a, like a 7 a.m. to mm -hmm. 5 p.m. routine. Um, but yeah, that's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Depends on the day. Yeah, I love that you brought up the fact that you know your best working hours because I feel like that has been a huge game changer for me is knowing when I'm most productive, like that chunk of four hours. And I respect it so much that I will never let anyone like book a call with me in that time. I will not go on coffee dates. I will not be walking my dog. I will not be with my husband because I know like if I can only get four hours of work done that day, it has to be in that chunk. But it's only come since I really like thought about when am I most productive mm -hmm. and, and what makes sense for me to get my best work done. And so I think for anyone listening, if you're struggling with being a solopreneur or working from home, like just think, when am I most productive? When do I love working? When are those magic hours, so to speak? And block those out and don't let people crowd in with 
random useless meetings or conversations with you because you need those hours, right? If you have to protect them. Yeah, very much so. Uh, is there a business tool or resource that you feel you couldn't live without to run that clean life? Um, oh, I use so many tools on a day-to-day basis. I'd probably say Slack. Mm. Um, that is our team communication tool. Uh, but we've also set it up so that it automatically pumps information about our customers in. So when somebody cancels their membership, we get a notification um, that says why. Um, when we make a new sale, that gets pumped into Slack so the team all knows and we can celebrate. Um, we have different channels within. Have you ever used Slack? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I, you have different channels and we can have different discussions. And mm -hmm. it's where I connect with the team. It's where I connect with customers. So I'd say that's like the one I couldn't live without. Absolutely. Uh, you've mentioned your team a few times, so what does your team look like today? Paint us a picture of who's in it, what roles are they filling? Yeah, oh my um, gosh. And is, it's like the most exciting part has no been kidding. building yeah. the team, and we have such an awesome team um, that we've built up. So we're a team of eight now. Um, so there's myself and Chris, who Chris does everything technology and design. Um, I, I do everything kind of admin and kind of a bit of everything. Um, <laughs> Ashley Sauvet is our in-house holistic nutritionist and our customer support lead. So she's like really focused on the success of our customers, which has been another great investment we've made. Yeah. Um, she is super smart. She's super talented. She's got like the whole kind of, she's a full stack uh, customer success person because she understands the nutrition world and is able to help people use that clean life to move their businesses forward because she's done it herself. Mm. Um, and then we have three recipe developers, Li Chang, Jacqueline, and Rebecca. Wow. Um, so we add nine new recipes to that clean life every single week so that our members constantly have access to more content. And that's like one of our key value propositions is we don't bring in recipes from other sources. We develop them all ourselves. They're all developed, designed, and tested in-house. So, it, you know, our members don't have to hire a photographer, a recipe developer. So those three are always crushing it out on recipes, you know, developing things for like our keto members or our AIP members and stuff like that. And then we have Laura on social media. And more recently, we added Tabitha, who's taking care of our partners program and recipe editing. Wow, that is a rock star team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so inspired by that. Um, when you're managing all your team members, do you have any tips for like, I know you've mentioned Slack for keeping in communication with them, but how do you keep up with what everyone's doing? And you also mentioned you have a touch base daily. Yeah. So that's probably a huge way that you stay plugged in. Any other tips for just managing that type of growth and these new people who have been added to your vision. Yeah, it's really challenging. I, I don't have any tips, to be honest, because I'm figuring it out. Yeah. Um, I'm by no means an expert in managing a team. Um, we have a great team. Um, I'm kind of working on being um, a, better, a better leader and trying to figure out, especially the biggest challenge is being a remote team. Mm -hmm. So we don't have the luxury of seeing each other in the office every day. I don't have the you know, like the emotional intel of what's going on with people. So that's really challenging. So yeah, staying in touch on Slack, having that like mm -hmm. place that we can meet as a team has been really helpful. But other than that, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure it out. Have you ever had a chance to bring everybody into one room and like do a team building? Christmas. So yeah, Christmas cool. is usually the time we all get together. Yeah. Um, 
we have another team event coming up this spring. We're going to do some macrame plant hanging stuff, yeah. which will be fun. Uh, but it's really hard to get everybody in the same room because mm -hmm. people's schedules, you know, not everybody can come out all the time and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I think the face-to-face -face time is important. That's something kind of that I've realized over the last little while. So I'm trying to facilitate that more. Yeah. And I think even doing it twice a year is enough, right? To give people that sense of, oh yeah, I do belong to this community and exactly. it's nice to see people face to face versus online. Yeah. So. Um, so in terms of growth of that clean life, like, are you just really happy where you guys are at right now? Do you have a massive vision that you are striving one step at a time towards right now? Yeah. I. We don't have any big goals to be honest like in terms of revenue um we're just we're happy with our growth rate right yeah. now it's it's happening really organically it's happening by doing things that we enjoy and that's something i always kind of have to remind myself of because sometimes i'm like oh we have to get to like that next stage in our monthly recurring revenue or annual recurring revenue or whatever you you want to look at whatever you want to measure and you know sometimes you just have to be happy with what you've got and how mm -hmm. well things are going and kind of stay in the moment. And like I said, I'm, I'm not a numbers person, so I, I don't think I ever will be, so I don't worry too much about it. And just a little bit of growth every day, I'm happy with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love asking that question because I think it, it's great to sometimes just sit with what you've accomplished and be like, we're good right now. Yeah. And then maybe next year something will hit you and you'll be like, okay, now like the next vision has hit, let's all start up leveling and reaching this goal. But it's okay to say, look what we've built. We're just gonna you know, keep doing what we're doing, figure out some of the other logistical things in the business and yeah, maintain, I guess. Yeah. And I think for some entrepreneurs, it's like, oh, what do you mean you don't have like your five, your 10, your 20 year plan? Yeah. Like, but no, reward what you've done so far and be proud of that. I, said, I think Seth Godin has a thing about that where he says we're always, as entrepreneurs, we're always living in the gap and the gap is that place between like where you wanna go. So you're always like kind of striving for the next thing without appreciating what you have right in front of you. Yeah. So. That's something that I try to be mindful of and mm -hmm. yeah. So obviously like the last, is it six years that you've been doing that clean life? Five this years? This will be five years. Five years. So over the last five years, I'm sure you've self-taught and learned a ton of business skills. Did you ever have to hire a formal mentor or coach or did you just self-teach this whole journey as it came along? Oh, we're completely self-taught. I always, I always felt like I needed a coach. Um, but Chris always advised against that. Um, he's very much a figure it out yourself type of person. And luckily he did go to school for business. Um, mm -hmm. So he had like a bit of um, teaching and education that way. Um, but yeah, we've really enjoyed doing things on our own terms. Mm -hmm. And I think that has, it's served us well, luckily. I can see the value in a coach. I think we could have done well if we went that route and got business coaching. But I love the fact that we've built everything on our own terms. We're completely self-funded. We've never given up any equity of our business. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think there's merits in both getting Absolutely. coaching and being self-taught. And I don't know if you follow Marie Forleo at all, but she always says everything is figureoutable, and it's so true. Like, there's no lack of resources these days. If you can't figure something out, you're just not a resourceful person. It's exactly. Like, there are so many platforms to teach every aspect of business ownership, and um, sometimes you just need to learn by doing instead of just sitting there with your own thoughts. And it's it 
terrifies me to hire somebody to do a job that I've never done myself. Yes. Like, you know, one thing that's becoming kind of a pain in my butt right now is bookkeeping. Our bookkeeping is getting more complicated. But I don't feel like I could ever hand that off to somebody until I entirely understand that myself. So I really feel like an entrepreneur should kind of do every job themselves mm -hmm. before they hire for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so true. Just to understand, like, how much time goes into doing a task like this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, what is required of someone who's about to come on board and help you with it. Um, of course, to keep that clean life growing and for you to be the best business owner and co-founder, you need to be inspired. And I'm wondering, is there anything that you do or that inspires you to be the best version of yourself and to keep this business moving forward? Yeah, um, I used to read a lot more and listen to a lot more podcasts, but lately I've just been trying to figure out how I'm going to be a good mom. So <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's kind of changed in my life more recently. My focus has kind of shifted. Um, but, you know, I find my biggest inspiration when we go for walks, to be honest, when mm -hmm. it's just like Chris and I walking or myself walking, just having that quiet time mm -hmm. away from phones, away from any noise. Um, mm -hmm to really give myself room to put things back into perspective and to let those ideas flow mm -hmm. because the world is noisy and if you don't take time to step away, um, you know, you can be drowned out and you can lose sight of your vision. So I really feel like walking is something we do that both of us, it helps us feel connected and inspired. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned your baby and becoming a mom. Are you planning to take a maternity leave? How does that work as a business owner? I've yeah. always kind of thought about that for myself. Yeah, it, this has been a big struggle for me, um, trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate this because, you know, I'm talking to my friends from Sick Kids and, you know, they're all taking mat leaves, the ones who are pregnant at the mm -hmm. same time as I am. And they're like, yeah, well, we can do mat leave together. And I'm like, but no, we can't because, like, I don't get a mat leave anymore. Um, things will still go on, things will still be happening, things will still be growing, and that's why I'm so grateful for my team. Mm -hmm. um, so grateful to have so many people like rallying behind the brand and being able to move things forward. Um, I've decided that I'm gonna stay involved. I'm gonna still do my usual editing and try to think up when I can. Um, but yeah, I don't have a solid plan. I wish I did because I'm better with a plan. Yeah. But we'll figure it out when she gets yeah. here. And from there. <laughs> I feel like I would be the exact same way and you will figure it out that's the thing like there's nothing wrong with having a few hours of work a day when you can squeeze it in exactly and just navigating each day as it comes like you said you have support behind you so maybe some days you'll be really into it and you'll be working hard and other days you'll just need to check out and that's okay so yeah, kind of taking one day we've set it up in a way that I can check out and I can be involved yeah because we have no idea what to expect right no this clue. is totally new mm -hmm. um, you know I, I don't think I'd ever feel good being completely disconnected from the business yeah so I'm gonna try to stay involved and yeah we'll go from there yeah it's like you have two babies you have your business and exactly. then your, your human baby coming yeah. Um, okay, so this is the final question. I ask it to all guests, but for someone listening to this podcast right now who is just really yearning to start up a business or a side hustle or a passion project, but they have no idea where to begin, what advice would you offer them based on your own experience? Um, be patient and prepare to be in it for the long haul. Um, we're five years in and it's taken us Five, these whole five years to get to where we are today 
And I think like, I always worry about how I come across in these podcasts because I never want to come across as like, you know, we did everything right and everything's been so easy and here we are today and look at us. No, like this has been really hard. And if you don't have the, the guts and the stamina to, mm. to put in the five years and work every single day, um, don't do it. Cause like this entrepreneur life is hard. It's not for everybody. You're going to want to give up and you have to have the grit to like get through those, those mm-hmm. times where you want to give up because it's so easy to give up. That's why like what eight or nine out of 10 businesses fail because yeah. it is really easy to give up when the going gets tough. Mm-hmm. So prepare to stick with it. Put one foot in front of the other every day. Just show up. I think that's why we've, we've gone to where we are. We still have such a long way to go, yeah. but it's just by showing up every day and not giving up. Like mm-hmm. we don't have any special sauce or any special like magical powers. It's just that we've kept going and that's, mm-hmm. that's the gist of it. Yeah, the word that comes to mind for me is just consistency, right? Exactly. It's with anything, like consistency is the secret sauce. And most people, they're so inconsistent that it never has time to grow or has yeah. the ability to take off. So that's really good advice. Um, so if someone wants to learn more about that clean life, either for their personal use, or we have a lot of holistic nutritionists who listen to this show and wellness practitioners who might be interested in the business side, can you let us know where we should find you? Yeah, the best place is probably thatcleanlife.com. That kind of has the direction to wherever you want to go. If you want to learn more about the platform, if you want to hit us up on social media or get in touch with one of our team members, that's the best place, thatcleanlife.com. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Abigail. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Visionary Life. Did you learn something new or are you inspired to take action on a new project? If so, please get in touch with me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell or in our secret Facebook community. Just search Visionary Life by Kelsey Rydell on Facebook. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps us share the stories of visionary entrepreneurs with more and more people. If you're interested in working with me, just head to KelseyRidal.com. And if you've been thinking about joining my 90-day business coaching program, please reach out and book a free 15-minute call, and I'd love to chat with you.